I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. A podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we watched what may be our favorite trilogy of movies of all time, Richard Linklater's The Before Trilogy. Let's get right to it and cut to our conversation already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. It's a sensor, you said? But there's a sensor, but then they've got to put in a new starter and um, what's called a flex plate that... What, 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 what's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. You got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need a new flex capacitor in your car. <laughs> I promise. No, it should I, be like a couple, couple grand. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate it. Have you seen this new thing? What? <laughs> that BMW is now selling a subscription plan for seat warmers. <laughs> what? So you buy their zillion dollar car. And additionally, if you want their computer to turn your seat warmers no. on, it's an add-on of like 20 bucks a month. No. <laughs> yes. This cannot be real. <laughs> this is crazy <laughs> they're like hey th- it's been working for the streaming services why not us oh no, no it's no. like no no see here look bmw response no bmw subscription your heated seats will still work in the u.s <laughs> <laughs> if i google Heated seats, no, no, no. BMW. This is, no, this is. There's a bunch of articles about it. Oh, oh does not have heated, but not. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying. This is crazy. It won't impact you. You can buy the impact software that uses the sensors differently on a short-term basis, and then buy it outright. Connected <laughs> Drive, the company says, is a digital after-sales solution. Oh my gosh, like a new app for your phone that costs extra. The company said it would be introducing the service. Oh my gosh. Read that again. Digital what? Digital after sales solution. That's what, it. That's it. What that's, new fresh hell is this? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what it is. It, no, it's not additional charges. It's after sales solutions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. If the vehicle is initially ordered with heated seats, that option will remain fully operational for the life of the vehicle. Uh, so no, BMW subscription seats in the U.S. Um, BMW did add, however, that its connected drive upgrades are designed to offer <laughs> premium features through a software upload that uses ah. vehicle's built-in <laughs> sensors in a different way. No, dummy, Uh-oh. these are the premium features. <laughs> Why are you mad at this? This is crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it, it only makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> what what little comforts you have left after a thing you supposedly bought oh, and and i mean like let's be real bmw is is still regarded as, as a luxury vehicle right like oh my gosh this is you crazy. buying a house which outlets do you <laughs> <want to> work <laughs> okay well that's gonna be come on no, we actually do already pay monthly for that. That's just our electricity bill. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure, but for a premium electricity, if you want the good electricity, <laughs> like how bright do you want these lights to be able to go? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that's what's next. It's like everything's smart light because if you pay the basic plan, you get like 50% brightness 
Oh my That's gosh. Capacity. Oh boy. So it's working. Things are working. Yeah, yeah. In the country. Yeah. Things are working for streaming services. Yeah. Are they, are they though? <laughs> because. You just say, yeah, yeah, sure. Are they though? Now, wait a minute. Because Netflix is having a hard time right now. What's going on with Netflix? They, their big thing was like last quarter they lost subscribers for the first time in like a decade. <gasps> <laughs> they're like, they're doing, it's that doing the math meme. Like, all right. All the, like, amazing ip that we had early on that was like people's night lights for years in the office and friends and fraser we lost all that and we have all these original content that sucks it's just, and, and people terrible. aren't stoked to pay more money for the it's, bad content it's, and it's terrible the 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 uh, we we didn't we, we haven't talked about this movie i watched spiderhead and you started watching Spider-Head? <laughs> we were going to do an episode on it, and I started watching it, and I was like, nope. No. And it's, you know, maybe nobody should just try, no one should try adapting George Saunders, but... That, it, honestly, that was the main... I, I It wasn't that yeah. it was such a bad movie, but ten minutes in, and I said, I, I can't watch this happen to this story. Yeah. But... As but, pretentious as it is, I just... There's the, just... I, I was profoundly uninterested... In what they were gonna try to do. There's just like a flatness to everything, and yeah. and Spiderhead's probably actually visually one of the more okay versions of this. But everything, it's just, it's so bland. And I mean, I finally, did, you never watch Red Notice, I assume, right? <laughs> How many times do I have to <laughs> did, it was, scoff at that we've question not, we've not on this about podcast? It. We've never talked yes, about the last that. podcast you asked me if I oh. watched Red Notice. <laughs> Oh gosh! Did I really? It's like you don't know me at all. <laughs> it's that uh, Robert California. Uh, <laughs> I think you don't know food at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <clears throat> Red Notice is not a good example. I finally watched. Um, I, I watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, the 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 movie that we've been threatening to do, and that you will never do, and. I so th- thoroughly <laughs> I so thoroughly did not enjoy this movie and I just I just kept thinking and that's not even a Netflix movie I just kept thinking like what what are we doing what are we doing there's nothing interesting about this there's nothing fun about this it's just it's ugh, I I so profoundly did not like that movie um, as I look are, on are, are people liking these movies um, people are going to see the movies, um, and and if you look on my letterbox right now, um, Thor: Love and Thunder is the most popular film this week. It's the most recent thing a friend of mine has viewed, and it is the most popular amongst my friends on Letterbox. So okay, yeah. well, popular as in they like it, or people Pop- are watching. Popular it. as in they're watching it. That's the thing. Okay, is yeah. that it doesn't matter if, if people are watching it or not. What matters is that you mean, it doesn't matter if they know, liked it. It doesn't matter if they like it. It matters that they're watching this this stuff like crazy. Um, I I just don't buy the kids love this, therefore I'll give it four stars. And I'm like, there are plenty of kids movies that are awesome that I enjoy. It's not like film oh, bro pretentiousness, no, you know, totally that's keeping agree. me away from these movies. I went to the movie theater last week and saw Minions: Rise of Gru. <laughs> 
It's not great, but it was fine. Uh, it was not great slash fine in a like low tier Pixar way or in a just you know kids experience. Like basically, what I'm trying to ask is like you know there there's always been kids movies, some of them really fantastic for kids and for anybody. Yeah, and no, no, no. Just, no. You know. So the, the the argument that like a Marvel movies are for kids is a challenge and so hey we don't have to take them so seriously or whatever is challenging for me because the very best kids movies actually still take themselves pretty seriously and mm-hmm. are serious works um and, and and you know or they're just like very good <laughs> right to be honest rise of groove felt like a tv movie um more right. than anything however you know to, to be totally and i had been spoiled on this going in but there's a at the end there's a funeral and there's a choir of minions singing the rolling stones you can't always get what you want it's not explained why they sing that song at a funeral i was i was cackling in the movie theater a full movie theater. It was not a not a soul in that movie theater was laughing except for me it was the funniest thing i'd seen it's probably it not was... a lot of like we're gonna explain why <laughs> we're doing this choice <laughs> in Rise of Groove. This is great, you know, because and I, I'll see I'll see this argument and because this one is actually helpful for me in like Star Wars where people take those like very seriously, <laughs> okay, and like those those are like the originals are like go ahead. This will be such a great segue. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like people take those movies so seriously, and 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 they're like you know somebody is always out there reminding people like you know like the first ones are really just like made for teens and kids right like mm-hmm. except that first movie like brilliant <laughs> like right it's really good um, and and I think there's really good Marvel movies and I'm I just think that you know Doctor Strange and I actually don't think Doctor Strange is for kids because. It was pretty close to an R rating, I think, with some of the violence. Mm. They hired Sam Raimi, and they kind of leaned into the horror stuff. It's the most like horror-ish of a, of a Marvel movie. So, like, right. I, I don't understand what, what people are saying. Like, oh, it's for families. And it's like, no, it's it's not. <laughs> um, I knew we were in a strange place culturally when I saw what could only have been maybe a four-year-old walking out of the new Batman movie dressed as Batman. <laughs> and his parents were like, yeah, he loved it. And I'm like, he's no, been scarred for life. that's not real. Yeah. No, when I when we saw it, there was a uh, four-year-old, at maybe, dressed crazy. as Batman. And he's like, you know, in the puffed-up suit. That's crazy. He's walking out with his mom. And I'm like, dude, you just, not, not a great move here. That's, that's crazy to me. <laughs> I know. Oh, my it's like, dude, gosh. She, it's like they just saw that Batman was in the title. I'm like, all right, this has uh, got to be for him. Oh, my gosh. They didn't even look at a poster. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. So. I, I mean, I think about, like, my eight-year-old has not seen a Marvel movie yet because I don't think it, they are appropriate for him. <laughs> right. Like that, that. That's definitely not the majority. I, I guess not. I, Maybe, just... I guess. But speaking of Star Wars... Star Wars you know? is what you want to segue with? <laughs> Speaking of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The Before Trilogy, I'm going to say... Oh, because it's a trilogy. Is the best trilogy of all time. Best trilogy of all time. 
You know you for say my that. Money. You, you, you say that. I know you're going Lord. I know you're going no. Lord of the Rings. Oh no. Lord no. 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 Okay. Okay. Hit me. You say that, and my immediate reaction is, surely that cannot be true. <laughs> and then surely, I, and then I think for ten more seconds, and I think you know, sustained <laughs> quality across three movies. Dumb and rough. <laughs> it is an extraordinary achievement. Now, here's the thing. I realize that some, uh, you know, not Criterion bros will be like, really, dude? Really? <laughs> the, the before trilogy? And to those people, I say, hello there. <laughs> what? Okay. Um, uh, okay, let me ask you this. How much has Star Wars' post-original livelihood tainted its Hall of Fame status as a trilogy. Anything any, at all to you? Because I, I, I can't even I can't even look at that like <laughs> glob of content which, that is the Star Wars universe without just yeah being you know washed over with the culture of it all the past however many years. I th- Star and it Wars makes me not want to watch them. Yeah, you know? Star, Star Wars to me is different because it's different than Marvel. Marvel, I think. Yeah, I I'm at a point yeah, now where I'm, for sure. I, you're so out on them. I'm at the point now where I'm like, nah, I might be out. I've stopped watching the shows. Stock is down. Yes, Star Wars to me is is not quite there because like some of the recent stuff has has reached a level of quality that is still really high. Like I think the Last Jedi by Ryan Johnson. I know you don't like that movie, but I love that movie. Uh, I think the Mandalorian is excellent i think book of boba fett was trash i think obi-wan was fine like but like still some of the stuff that they've done is really good but like you know i was 10 i was 11 when the phantom menace came out and right uh, you know i love that movie it's it's objectively not that great of a movie (laughs) i i i envy people that can tune out the noise of it all because I, I don't think I can watch the Star Wars movies anymore without just the voice of the internet commenting on every single moment yeah. or every single frame and the conversation that surrounds it, even the originals, you know? Yeah. I, 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 the, my experience watching the Obi-Wan show this, this past couple months, and I enjoyed it a lot, but the experience that the, the, the discourse on the internet about it where every week it was like, oh, they're... They're retconning some um, important plot, you know, dialogue, <laughs> blah blah blah, from the original movie, and it's like, you know, gonna, who cares? Like, it, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, my big takeaway from that show was this is fine, but no longer do I need to fill in the empty space of narrative from the original movies. Like, we're good. I'm, we're fine. Like, right. like the what the the. the the exciting thing of of Star Wars is the world that they've built, and that right. like Marvel doesn't have that because Marvel has to exist on the power of its characters, right? It's not about the world that it's built because the world that's built is this one. But but you know the Star Wars world is fun. It's like I, yeah, let's go and explore it and do stuff in it. That it's it's fun. So to me, I don't know. I I Enoch and I watched episodes one, two, and three for the free for the first time for him this past month and he was really into them really enjoyed them and it was like yeah this is fun like fun Dang, dumb movies three, three's intense yeah and he was fine 
he, we had to shut it off. We actually had, did have to turn. He's like, turn it off. This is scary. When Mace Windu gets force lightning to throw uh, it out a window. That, yeah, that and the final battle. He was fine with the final battle, but it's pretty uh, disturbing. Yeah, yeah. It it is. It's a lot. Um, <laughs> I picture George Lucas is just Anakin screaming at his audience. I hate you. <laughs> By the end of that movie. That's just him to the general public about Star Wars. Yeah, that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now that being said, all that being said, to me, the, like the before trilogy probably is even a higher consistent quality across three movies than the original Star Wars trilogy. Oh well, yes. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yes. Yeah. So you know. You know, I get those. Are, I guess those are the top three trilogies: it's Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and the Before movies. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we got to break down this. I'm assuming for some people who've never heard of these movies, because I hadn't heard of them up until two summers ago. Uh huh. And you know, sometimes with Criterion sale, which is happening right now, depending yeah. on when this episode comes out, yeah. but go to Barnes and Noble, we'll get fifty percent off any Criterion movie right now. But I saw this trilogy, and I think I maybe saw a screenshot of it or a scene, mm-hmm. and I had an inkling. I had a, a Richard Linkling. <laughs> Dumb. That I was like, I just feel something on these. I feel like I have a soul connection. Cause you, and so you, I just bought it. You bought it. I'd never seen him. I'd never <laughs> seen him. And I was and, like, and I, we should I, say, I'm just going to go for it. The Criterion... Uh, box set of these is really great. I have it. It's you have really it, right? Nice. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice box set. Really good, you know, extra stuff on it, but great high it's quality. It's one of their few affordable box sets when it's on sale. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is Richard Linklater's trilogy, and and Linklater is such an uh, unique director. Um, God, he's good because he he he's kind of like he directed. School of Rock. Okay, well, maybe start there. In the middle of his career, right? It's just a very right. straightforward, like, comedy movie. Stone Cold classic. <laughs> and it's, he just drops. And it's so good. Like, I love School of Rock. I, you know, some of those lines are... It, it's a cheat. It's a it's a cheesy goofball time, but it's, it's kind of an instant classic. Yeah, it's great. And then he, you know, he has a couple other classics, like Dazed, Dazed and Confused. But then... You know, he he does a lot of kind of playing with the form and experimenting, right? That, you know, Boyhood was this, you know, really big movie from 2014. And it, it was filmed over the course of, you know, 10, 11 years. You know, they'd film it for a couple weeks at a time and then revisit. And it was, you know, just kind of this weird secret project, you know, because they wanted this one boy to grow up over 11 years. And, and he wanted to tell that story. And kind of remarkably, it's it's... You know, it's pretty successful. Uh, right. right. Um, and it's amazing to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a really amazing thing to watch, uh, to have the forethought to be able to do that. Um, and, and, and so he does that with, you know, I think before the before sunrise and before sunset are kind of the, the, his foray into that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but not only, you know, does he revisit these characters over three movies, you know, every nine years or so, but then the movies themselves take place basically over a discrete single period of time, uh, right? Which is right. also very unique. And it's very important to the success of them. 
I, I totally agree. And and I and and I would say that the the movie not to spoil which my what my favorite is, <laughs> my favorite of the three of these is the one that is that feels the most constrained to this very you know mm. specific uh, amount of time. Right. And so you know I don't know. So you know the first one is nineteen ninety five before sunrise and it's this couple that they meet on a train in Europe by happenstance and they start talking and Ethan Hawke is Jesse and Julie Delpy is Celine and he kind of on a whim says hey I he's catching a plane right he's he's gonna fly out of Europe back to the United States the next morning you know why don't you get off here and hang out with me and she kind of says yes and then basically the movie is following the two of them over the course of one night in Vienna as he's waiting for his Classic departure. Classic love at first sight. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's going to you know, catch the train in the morning to make her way home. and Early 20s. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now, there's a moment in before that struck me like it had never struck me before because I've seen this movie probably a while ago and then revisited these a couple of years ago when I watched before sunset for the first time but there's a line in in before sunrise where they're in that cemetery that she Mm -hmm. remembers she tells him about how she remembers visiting the cemetery from when she was a kid and how it really stuck out to her and it was like kind of the cemetery of of you know people who died in the river bodies who'd washed up in the river and she said oh when i was a child it meant so much to me when i was 13 and now 10 years later and i was like oh you're only 23 i know you are so young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I remember being 23 and thinking that the, the, the chasm between 23-year-old me and 13-year-old me was just, you know, decades and not just 10 years. Right. Or 23 and 33. Oh, oh yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. His movies are haunting in that <laughs> way where you're like, wait, I'm, cha- I'm changing who I relate to with them. Yes. No. Yes. 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 It's incredible. So, so you saw these for the first time a couple summers ago. Um, yeah, I think COVID. I just mm-hmm. bought them for no reason on a hunch that I would really like them. And what was uh? I mean, what was your you know first time you watched Before Sunrise? Well, and me and Sarah watched them together, just yeah. all three. We kind of just did them three nights in a row. And they're all and short. Ugh. I know they're all really short. They all take place in a day or so, and. You, I, you know, my, I think my favorite genre of film is two people talking in a room. <laughs> you know, the room can change, but like, if there's good dialogue between two yeah. people, like genuinely entertaining, like that's the type of movie I can just watch over and over and over. It's, it's amazing to me too the rewatchability of these. Oh, because it, you... it's it's there's a level of comfort with them. Yeah. Even though on the surface level you would think maybe this is kind of a challenging movie because it's just two people talking for two hours. You know, you know what I'm saying though. I like, know what you're saying. There's it, there's not the traditional like rhythms of sure. like a, a story unfolding and you know but plot I, devices happening. But I always think too like I know what these conversations are. I've I've listened to them have these same conversations. There's no action, and yet I find myself being moved in the same way. Mm-hmm. Every time, I, and not the same way precisely. Like it, it speaks to me in different ways. But like mm-hmm. the the scene, it's like right when they 
when she decides to follow him and they get on this bus in Vienna and it's a, it's a one shot one shot oh my god he does a lot of one shots that but you are don't even in... notice but then you do notice you're yes. like he's a master you do, and these two actors are masters you do notice and you're like oh my gosh that was 11 sustained minutes of a conversation that's in- incredible sometimes and, I'm watching those I'm like don't mess up don't mess up <laughs> you're almost out with the scene but but you know it's 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 this what's extraordinary about them is that it's there's not a there's nothing much interesting happening right he just places the right. camera on this bus and these two people they're so magnetic with each other they're so charismatic to the audience you know it's written so well the conversation feels so natural that the way he threads the line of 23 year olds talking philosophically about their life and who they yes. are what they want to be how they want to change the world and for it not to be so young and naive that you kind of roll your eyes the whole movie and yeah. but it's also interesting you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like god the conversations you have when you're 20 something about you know how you're going to take on the world could be the most boring movie on the oh. planet but he, he like injects just enough wonder and kind of reminders of magic in the world of how you used to think. Yeah. With like you also seeing like, yeah, buddy, that's not gonna work out for you. Oh <laughs> this, yeah. You know, well, idolization. And, and I think I think he pushes over that edge when he needs to and but he doesn't go there all the time, right? The the scene that sticks out is like kind of these two scenes really close together. It's the palm reader and right. then and you know, sometimes he pushes or even crosses the line. He doesn't always go there, but he does it when it's like effective. And I think about those two scenes with Jesse and the palm reader, and then the homeless guy that writes poetry. <laughs> right. And it's and it's right. his him being a twenty four year old and that just like absolute cynicism of everything yeah. around him. Right. Totally. And, like that. That would be me now about probably both oh, yeah. of those things oh yeah you know, that's, I, it, I, I was him in both those scenarios like, yeah is, come on <laughs> <laughs> i mean and maybe that's why i that maybe that's why i'm you know maybe, maybe i'm maybe that's why i'm made you know to feel un- uncomfortable by it because i see myself in it oh of course um but it's so it's also so pitch perfect to this like 23 24 year old guy with just enough of a intro to philosophy class to have something to say and it's and it's just great. I love the age of these two because they are adults and they've mm-hmm. been adults for a couple of years so they can kind of act like adults, but they're right. really not grown-ups. Something that struck me about rewatching the first one was just the character's thoughtfulness about themselves and the world around mm-hmm. them. Like mm-hmm. there's that cynicism that we see come out with Jesse, but also Celine like when it comes to the corrupt world or the environment or you know whatever mm-hmm. but there's all these passing little conversations of yeah i always think that people are like this or or i've always seen myself as you know mm-hmm. fill, fill in the anecdote here and i it just made me think like man i am so busy stuffing my oh, yeah. ears yes. with content and entertainment for every second of every day Mm-hmm. that I, I, I never, like, what do I think about things and myself and the world around me? Actually, what I think, yeah. you know, yeah. versus regurgitating just, you know, selected, curated entertainment. See, it's, it's, really, entertainment. it's really interesting you say that because there's a progression of these characters, I think, mm-hmm. where there's a piece of dialogue in Before Midnight 
that is one of my like least favorite in the whole trilogy mm-hmm. and it's the dinner when they're having dinner with their friends in Greece right right and Celine says I saw a documentary about and then it's this story about these rats mm-hmm. and you know they're rigged up to receive pleasure if they hit this button and they forego food whatever whatever but it's like this kind of like I mean it's it fits perfectly with her character right <laughs> um, right She's like, like, that's what we are. Yeah, and it's like this pseudo-pretentious thing. But that ultimately is so much of what we do now in culture. Oh, did you see this documentary? Or I saw this thing. Where the younger versions of themselves are so um, devoid of that because Mm -hmm. because culture was so different. It's it's this unique, like, I don't even know if it's intentionally marking a cultural shift Mm -hmm. in Before Midnight. But but we can read it as that now. Because I agree, I watched Sunrise and I just think, I, this is a different world, <laughs> right? There's a quietness to that world. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, an ability to stop and breathe. The, yeah. It's om- it's just I, I I'm not breaking any new ground here with what we're talking about, but you know just the idea of waiting in the in and out drive through. Like, are you on your phone? Or are you just like thinking about anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and man, when they're on that bus, even before they meet, and they're just reading. And then they're just kind of looking out the window and having thoughts. Like, I, I know this is insane for me to be like, man, I, I miss that or I want yeah. that because obviously that's available to you. But, yeah, it's tough when every second of your day literally can yeah. be stuffed with some sort of, you, now you're entertained. And you don't, your brain doesn't have to do any hard work of thinking. Oh, yeah. And, and it's so interesting because by the third movie... You know, when they're having an argument, you know, one of Celine's complaints against Jesse is how much work she does with their kids mm-hmm. and her job and their home, and how he right. is this writer who gets to go and do his two hour contemplative walks. Right. And it's just like, oh, that's what the two of them, the, the, the two of them had that luxury. Right. You know, for so much of their lives. My God. <laughs> Dude, as parents, you know oh my God. that like you're just salivating over that luxury. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go and just be by yourself for a second. Oh my gosh. It's exactly. And and then oh yeah, anyways, we'll get ahead to before midnight, but that that juxtaposition I find really beautiful. Uh, yeah, and because yeah. that's not just you know modern technology or sure, you know, the sure. way culture changes. That's, that's the way life adult. changes. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, because you know, I this is like part of my letterbox review of my rewatch of Sunrise was how specific their concerns are uh, of the concerns of twenty three year olds. Right. The, that that's the beauty of it is they sound like 23 year olds concerned about 23 year old problems mm-hmm. and not 23 year olds that are, you know, the, the way out here way out, you know, they're grounded in their age. Yes. And, and I think that comes from, I think that comes from the fact that Linklater was in his thirties when he wrote sunrise. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a guy who he's not 23 writing for 23 year olds. Right. You know he's but he he's close enough to it proximity that he can still write like that. Yeah, but, it's fresh enough. But he has the maturity then to 
I don't know, presented in a way that's really organic and 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 then yeah. informed by a lot of things. I I recently watched the Apple TV movie Cha Cha Real Smooth, which was a big Sundance mm-hmm. thing this year, and the guy who directed it and um, starred in it, he's he's super young. He is um, uh, Cooper Rafe. Uh, he's he's twenty five, and wow, he. You know, and this was movies you know made you know a year or two ago. So he's you know, twenty three, and it's and I admired it that the dialogue and the conversations feel like that of a twenty three year old. But I also felt that was a limiting feature of the movie, that mm-hmm. that it was so you know narrow in its perspective. It was like yeah, that's this guy's perspective. And I actually don't think he can see beyond this as a writer right. yet. Where right. um, Linklater, could he? yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I you know. But I think Link, Linklater actually can, he's able to see beyond these two and their right. age. And, and it gives it just a, that much rich, that's much richer experience. Yeah. Some, and especially with the first two, the, the nature of the story of, all right, we're going to, you know, we fall in love over one night. We're going to meet back here in six months and we're not going to exchange information so we can keep in touch. And then 10 years go by and I yeah. run into it at a bookstore. Yeah, and the first two movies kind of just drive home for me. Just this, like, man, the world used to be a little bit more magical in the hey, who knows yeah. tomorrow? Yeah, you know, like I was thinking about them just wandering around Vienna, and I'm like, if I go to Vienna today, Ugh. I have a list of coffee sure. shops, restaurants yeah. I've looked up, and I know exactly where they are. Yeah. And I have Yelp reviews, yeah. letting me know. Indicate I have Instagrams accounts to follow to make sure they're a vibe first yep and i'm like man you've you've what, followed influencers <laughs> like what 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 am i missing on yeah. the discovery yeah part of just not knowing not yeah. knowing if that person is going to show up to your book reading 10 years later or yeah. you know six months later yeah who knows the the pros and cons of you know being able to text anybody any second or find them on instagram or whatever whatever but I just feel a little little sense of nostalgic loss yeah. for like a slightly less connected world. Yeah. But that still has the potential for connectedness. That's that's the right the exciting yeah, exactly. part of it. It's they it's still do guaranteed. find each other. But it's interesting the 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 mystery aspect mm. that I'm like nostalgic for mm-hmm. of just who knows what's gonna happen really reflects their relationship. Like and as Technology makes it closer and closer, unless you know what. Who, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Oh it's yeah. Like, then we get to before midnight, and they've just they've been in the thick <sighs> of it, <sighs> and they're so familiar <sighs> with each other, and the discovery is gone. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so, he's got a real power when it comes to nostalgia and time. Yeah, it's so subtle. Like it, I mean, nostalgia can be so heavy-handed. We've had these. We've talked about nostalgia on this podcast. Yeah, of course. It can be so heavy-handed, and to great effect. I mean, like part of what Top Gun Maverick was so effective at was like the nostalgia of the '80s, and it's just like, you know, hammering that home. But this is so subtle for this kind of this. this, You you have this nostalgia for this this thing that nobody ever really had. Right, you know, right. it, it's it's like in the movie Kicking and Screaming. It's in this Noah Baumbach movie. You mm-hmm. know, this they're they're graduating. They don't know what they're gonna do after college. This guy keeps talking about how he's gonna go to Prague, <laughs> and 
and like he doesn't do it and at the end of the movie he goes to the he like goes to the airport and he doesn't have a passport <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna be back tomorrow and the movie ends i think if i remember correctly like is he gonna be back tomorrow that you know there's ambiguity and i think the movie actually Bombax's kind of take on it is no no this guy's not going to and that's it's more of that kind of cynicism of this yeah and but the, you know and, and both those movies King and Screaming's similar era um as before sunrise but you know you just really feel that especially that era that 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 90s you know the fashion oh yeah 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 hanging out in record stores having coffee in the middle of night and and it's the 90s where the cold war is over so the world is opened up europe is opened up you know there's just feels like a great time to be sure to hop off the train with somebody yes 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 um so and then i i mean i just think the way that that movie ends it's it's one of those things where i can't imagine it being 1995 and seeing it for the first time and mm-hmm. it ending like them with them making a plan to see each other in six months and her getting on that train and that's the end of the movie and there's no promise of a sequel right. uh ethan hawk said in a interview this month he was joking he's like he said well we like to joke that sunrise is the lowest grossing movie ever to get a sequel. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Uh, you, you know, there's no expectation. And then nine years later, like, they get back together and it's they like, make this good. movie. Can you imagine if that was, like, your favorite oh my, movie? Oh, my God. Yeah, you're I like, can't. what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's, I mean, it's you incredible. You are going to miss that train. Play. And I think, you know, for me, it's like, oh, I know this is a trilogy. So you watch the first one and there right. is no... It, it, it's not a cliffhanger. It's still effective. Right. How, how great is it that the entire series opens with her changing seats because of a couple fighting? I know. And then we just end with them, like, with an epic showdown. Uh, I, and I was watching, I was like, Marriage Story who? Please. Oh, Please. I had the exact... Okay, well, we'll get to Before Midnight soon enough, but... Um, any last thoughts? I mean, this is this is the most this is a first for us doing three movies in one pod. Um, Before Sunrise is one of the few movies I I know exactly the temperature yeah and and how the air feels when they're yeah. walking around at night yeah. in that movie yeah and it's it's the best yeah it's so good and and to me I think knowing that there's going that there's twenty more years worth of history and relationship that's going to transpire between these two it makes it makes me love that movie and the experience of it even more oh yeah it's unlike so fun the new matrix movie when we get to before sunset (laughs) and they show some footage like just like a frame or two (gasps) from the first movie I mean, it's, even though I had just watched the first movie the night before, I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like, look, they're showing shots from the first one. <laughs> I had the same thought. <laughs> it, it's like weirdly effective. He's so it's, tasteful about it. it oh, he he's just he's, like remember them. It's just remember so slight. It's, it's so gentle at this, and then the shot. It's like this, you know, a matching shot between celine in sunrise to then her standing in the bookstore and it's just oh my gosh okay so we get before sunrise nine years later and i mean you know to set it up this is you know because because we don't know there's ambiguity Mm -hmm. and the movie opens with jesse you know we quickly find out he's an author 
and he has uh, published a novel that is kind of loosely based on this experience he had with Celine, and it appears as though they're not in contact, they're not together, and he's on the last stop of his book tour in Paris, and who walks into the bookstore where he's doing a signing but the woman herself. <laughs> and, His double take, and uh, you just know internally he's freaking out. Oh my gosh. The first 18 to 20 minutes of Before Sunset may be mm-hmm. the most joy I get out of watching any movie ever, period. <laughs> and, you know, I, other than Linklater movies and like First Reformed, Oh yeah, I, like to me, Ethan Hawke had such a uh, in my head had such a reputation as being this like giant, great, amazing actor. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, wait, I haven't I haven't really seen anything with him in it. P- part of like, yeah, what you're saying is like, man, they're so good at really being charming and likable on screen presence, you know. And it's this thing where it's like he's not he's not I don't know he's he's a weirdly human movie star. Oh yeah, you know. Like, Brad Pitt is not somebody you know. No. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even when he's really charming, it's like, yeah, yeah. That, that guy doesn't exist. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, I feel like, is probably, like, the most charming friend that I've ever met. Like, that's how he is, you know? But, see, I wonder, because I think he's actually just an extraordinary actor. Mm-hmm. And what he does in the Linklater movies, especially, these three and Boyhood, is yeah. this very naturalistic he he does this thing kind of to it's disarming but he's still a little he, the way he even talks sometimes feels a little whiny like even right. in before even in before midnight right and and he's not afraid to kind of go there um mm-hmm. but he's not like that in first reformed at all that's a no that's a much more composed stoic performance and i think of like the northman too right like and Training Day. So Training Day was a big deal for him. Um, okay, he, he's Yeah, he's in that with Denzel. And the premise is it's like his it's his first day of training as, a, as this mm. kind of, you know, plain clothes, cop, plain clothes cop with Denzel. And he's really got to kind of show up. And, I mean, he, he does this extraordinary thing of, like, probably not quite matching up to Denzel, but he, he hangs in there the whole movie with him. But he's, yeah. he's, he's a cop. Jesse, you could never imagine Jesse from the Before Trilogy as a cop. Uh, right anywhere and but he he does that really well so i actually think what feels like ethan hawk almost just playing himself in these movies is a really underrated oh yeah oh yeah of course yeah for sure yeah he's so good at like competent but kind of bumbling desperate writer yes oh he's so good at this yeah I, yeah, and for, I, I think I think before sunset might be the best looking movie too. Out of the three. I, I I definitely agree. The it's got co- it's, a, it's it's got a haze. It's got yeah, a glow. It's, it's the color filtering that they use throughout. That it's like everything feels a little golden, and it's that yeah. and it's that sunset time of day. Right, they're like definitely going for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's the okay. How do they get them back together? And it's like, oh, this is perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation that they immediately have right after as they're going to the to the cafe where Celine stops him and she says, okay, did you go to the train station six months later? And he, he you know... We know he went. We know he went. Uh, no, no, no. See, this is what's so perfect about the writing is he asks her, oh, did you go? She says, no. And she apologizes. And, she, and he says, no, he didn't go. 
and this is what is like this is why the screenplay is perfect because you know she gives this excuse and this is totally in line with her character you know it's her grandmother's funeral which is not it's a good excuse she's it's pure fine. she like yeah honest yeah. like yeah yeah and then she's about to get into it with him like well you better have a really good excuse for why you didn't show up and he plays it so well and she she realizes oh he did go <laughs> right and it immediately changes what you think about Jesse as a character mm-hmm. that that he it, you, it it like gives you the sympathy for him how much how much that's meant to him yes he 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 was he was going to be the one that even if his grandma died he was showing up yes yeah. and and it's almost especially you know juxtaposed between that and then him almost um almost exploiting that evening that they had for his novel like that right. could feel like kind of a gross thing but then you find out that he did show up at the train station and he didn't include that in the novel and and it's like it, oh no it, it this has is, consumed him yes this is the most meaningful years. experience of his life <laughs> yeah it's to me the, like that first 18 minutes i think i paused it right right before they walk into that cafe it's like 18 minutes it's like that's that's just some of my favorite 18 minutes of any movie ever period full stop it's yeah. so good and and again this is i alluded to this earlier before sunset is the one that's most constrained by the timing the title yeah it, well but also it's um before sunrise you know they get off the train and it's day and then you watch the entire night and right. so there's gaps in the in the night that we don't see right and and before sunset it doesn't I mean, there, there. I guess there presumably would be, but it doesn't feel as he, though he's got a gaps. flight in an hour and a half. Basically, yeah. And the movie's an hour and a half. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. what it is. It's so great. Yeah. It's brilliant. So there's a there there's a propulsion to that one. Yeah. Where it's like, dude, your flight, because like you know, hey, I got a flight the next morning. Mm-hmm. A little less. We gotta figure out what we're gonna do. Yeah, where every little micro decision has this bigger and bigger impact. Oh, we're gonna get on this boat. And it's like, oh, right. I'm gonna be late. It's like, oh, my driver can pick me up when the boat gets. He's off. like, you it's know, like, my wife, she's just, <laughs> just a nightmare. <laughs> well, and that's what I love about it too is that it's the it's these these expiration date. It's the the timer that's counting down, and then every new piece of information that they reveal about each other makes mm-hmm. it feel all that all the more urgent. Because it's right. like, oh, they only have thirty minutes to talk about his wife, and he's now just brought this up. Oh, what? Like, y- you know, it's yeah, it's funny. You, you feel that towards the beginning, they're talking about their jobs, and like, just as you're like, I don't really care about this. They're both like, yeah, who cares about this? Yes, let's not waste our time. Yes, it's it's so great. I, what is your like? Did, how did you find out about these movies? So I was literally never heard of them. Yeah, until that Criterion push. It was probably like the boyhood thing. But like, do you know anybody that has seen these movies or has talked about them or cared about them? You know, I don't know anybody that's seen these movies. Yeah, I I think that's actually that's that's probably true. I I know very I I couldn't name another person who's seen them that I actually know. Right. Um, But when boyhood came out, I um, well, a couple like, uh, you know, a couple of friends of mine who have seen them, a listener to the podcast, Bryce, who texted me a few weeks ago and said we should definitely do the before trilogy and here we are but yeah when boyhood came out in 2014 and i had that like that very unique you know 
kind of hooked to it and i was like oh oh link later okay yeah i've heard about these other movies that was the first time right. i saw it before sunrise that was after before midnight <laughs> they're just so gosh darn good you know and I, th- I do have a memory of before midnight coming out and knowing that it was the third in this trilogy and uh yeah. people you know really being surprised by how good it was let's yeah. say that yeah i know for some reason in my memory from when i first watched it that one drops off a little a bit but on this watch i was like oh, i mean yeah. maybe a tiny bit in that it's not like perfect but it's it's like it's there it's totally there yeah and yeah, it's I'm, and it is like a more difficult movie to land, yes yeah for sure yeah you know uh, yeah um well before we get to before minute any i mean to me so i will just say before sunset is my favorite of the three to me it is the one that is like just this perfect little capsule of a movie yeah uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of the coziest it's the coziest it, like i said i love the beginning but it's also got this killer ending that feels like resolution you, yeah you're almost getting stressed at the end because oh, you know yeah. the flight so you're like Dude, yeah what, like you're just watching her dance like you know and sing along kind of to the cd like what is going on and then it fades to black and you're like oh it's perfect it's and that's enough yeah. resolution for me there's right? a, there's it's so graceful with yeah. the way it leaves you yes yeah we I, I need nothing more and it's again if there had never been a third movie i'd be like yeah they're together that's great that's great uh yeah that one's the most like it feels the most like a memory even though the first one is all a bit about that you know yeah or like them <sighs> reacting to that night is all about that but the, yeah. the second one feels like this weird hazy daydream that happens you know watching the second one now i'm 32 selena's 32 in that movie mm-hmm. that it hit me differently than the first time i watched even just a couple of years ago of like oh i'm exactly their age right right and, when that and, starts happening when the movies you watch uh, you're like oh my gosh i'm exactly their age and and they are what, what basically what we're watching in this movie aside from their their romance is mm-hmm. people moving out of their 20s into their 30s into like settled adulthood they've mm-hmm. got like they both basically have their first real jobs <laughs> right you know and it's it's like oh yeah you know that's not exactly how i would describe myself but i relate to a lot of that and the settling the settling not in a yeah. negative way just in the in the the stable the stability right settling that. in yeah and there's there is not a the same desperation as when they were kids there's not the same urgency even even though the whole movie is building on the urgency of this flight um you know yeah urgency pops up in in flashes of i gotta get out of this settledness yeah 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 this settledness is killing me sure you know Um, like you get flashes of their their youth in that yes you know yes you know like when he talks about his wife yeah or even her with like you know your book really messed me up oh yeah like and i haven't been able to be in a healthy relationship since then and you know yeah her almost like getting out of the cab walking away because she's so so great so it's got this killer ending love the ending great resolution getting annoyed at yourself or yawning is such a (laughs) funny adult thing (laughs) 
<laughs> Stop. That's <laughs> like, I, it's all the time. Like, I know, but uh, like me and Tara are always like, when we have to, you know, it's like, Jesus, I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your brain telling you you need air. Like, you need more air. You're not okay. And you're like, shut up. That's so funny. It's the anger that I feel like getting hiccups. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Few I, things. You can't be you can't be in the room with me if I have hiccups. No. I'm like Jim on the office is like, that's it, I'm going home. Like bites his lip. No, no. It, it, I'm It's like fine. That's exactly how I am. The rage. I try to kill myself when I have hiccups. Literally, I hold my breath. I like drown myself with water. Drown myself, yes. I'm like the, I'm like purposely coughing to like get out the coughs. I'm mean, like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> just to get rid of these. There are I'm like, few I'll things. throw myself off the roof if this gets rid of my hiccups. I just <laughs> yes, that is literally my experience. <laughs> Just nobody, and and there are times where I wondered, do other people feel this way during hiccups? No, no one hates themselves more than when they have hiccups. Like <laughs> you betrayed me, my body. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, so we get the famous ending. The honey, you were gonna miss that fight. He's like, I know. And I'm like, damn. Well, we get and we get her song, um, her singing her song. It's very sweet. Uh, and it's you know it's funny even when she uh, just rewatching it when she gets to the line oh where he God, he she right uses now, his name on the TV yeah it's I watch I usually have Seinfeld going yeah silent silently in the background because I yeah. still, I like to stay on brand you know me but Netflix you know you're still watching and then it goes the little screensaver and it's just the content that they're trying to shill you <laughs> <laughs> and and what pops up but if not Red Notice oh my gosh and I got <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and The Rock. And the other one looking at me like, this <laughs> is a movie? <laughs> and I'm like, is it? Is it? Uh, anyway, continue. Um, when she gets to the line in her song that she's written where she has Jesse's name oh, in it, it still just hits like a lightning bolt. It's like, oh, oh, oh my she, gosh. You know what's cool about that about moment? Him. That I'm just realizing? His uh, cynicism, he's like, ah, you just fill in the name. Yep. And that oh, goes yeah. back to the poetry guy. Yep. In the first yep. one, where he's like, "Oh, yeah. they just he changes a couple words." Yeah. His re- his reaction is, "Oh, surely you just except, except here he's he, he knows he, he knows and he's saying it as a way to like kind of protect himself." Right, right. Um, That's so a nice little callback. It's, it's you, great. You know. <clears throat> so we get this ending, and then again, inexplicably, nine years later, we get before midnight. And and this is the one that's a little kind of looser, right? I don't like. There's nothing happening at midnight. There's nothing let's happening at midnight, right? Well, yeah, let's be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> There's nothing happening. Yeah, at midnight. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, the next movie's gonna be like before lunch. <laughs> oh my god, it was trending on Twitter, probably just for me. Like, I don't think it's sure. trend anymore. I know, I, know, I think I they know, just like, hey, <clears throat> you're gonna click David Lynch's name. <laughs> Nothing's <laughs> happening with him, but you'll click his name, you <laughs> dummy. But something was trending, maybe Ethan Hawke, and it was like, new before movie announced Ethan Hawke, and blah, 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 it's called Before I Forget, and I'm like, no. No. Don't, no. I, it's no. too early. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I refuse. 
Yeah. Damn it. I saw that's Tuesday on my computer. I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah. It's past midnight. It's past midnight. I, thought I, I, I thought I had two days in the books for this week. <laughs> just one. Uh, yeah. So we get, you know, nine years later before midnight. And, you know, like it's a little looser. And, and again, I feel the, set, the setup here is that, you know, he's, it, it starts in an airport in Greece. Mm-hmm. And it's Jesse and his son, Henry. And Jesse's putting his son on a, on a plane. Who in the last movie we've heard about yes. being yes. his one silver lining of the marriage. Yeah. And and I just, again, everything is so pitch perfectly written, right? That's like mm-hmm. the interaction between the dad and his son is so great. Henry gets on the plane, he walks out the airport, and you see in the background Celine on the phone leaning up against the car, and you're just like, oh. My Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> She's like an annoying phone work call oh my gosh it's and you're like but it's just, adults i'm just so happy to see her they get in their little car and then it pans over to their twin daughters and it's just like everything you need to know and it makes me so happy oh yeah these movies are especially good at not holding your hand oh they yeah. just go into real conversations of like yep. man i need to be with him yeah and you know what he told me oh he told you this he's got a he had a crush he had his first kiss you know yeah yeah like no let me tell you what's happened the past nine years no. well no. this couple yeah it's just great and then you get this long one shot of them driving this car i was thinking about the daughters pretending to sleep for that long oh my gosh i know and it's, they're just thinking nail it nail it please it's it's so good and and it's, again what i love about the writing is exactly what you just said which is in that conversation they don't talk through the history of their previous 10 years right mm-hmm we just start making assumptions and so much of the details get filled in not by exposition but by inference of you know how much that means to me i know i know (laughs) and it's so well done and what i love about it is that he kind of lets you infer things that aren't actually true right we find out later in the movie that they're not married Yeah, yeah he'll correct you later um and you just make that assumption oh they've been married and you know and they kind of I guess are pretending to be married for their daughters or wouldn't they're not pretending to be married but you know they don't correct the daughters when they ask about their mm-hmm. wedding or whatever and you know, it's just like this it, it's so well done and I guess the the premise then of the movie I mean to me the heart of the movie is once you get to the hotel right uh, otherwise it's all set up it's all right you know really just kind of filling in the, the get another the, couple of classic long walk what single shots yeah on the oh, walk man. to the hotel that walk you can't beautiful. have a before movie without a long walk no no conversation They're, they've been on vacation for six weeks in greece as he's been you know it was invited by another novelist and you know it's basically this idyllic thing right you know, you know yeah it's beautiful they have greek gardens and all they this all and, think deeply about life yeah 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 and the, can articulate I, it well that kind of dinner conversation imagine our family trying to have a conversation like that over dinner <laughs> See, I think that lies well, about. <laughs> well, that would require us to actually sit down and have a meal together. Ew. <laughs> it would require us to eat the meal at the same time. <laughs> right. Tall order. Uh, Tall um, order. You know, and then their friends, you know, if they're coming to the end of their vacation, their friends have gifted them this night in this hotel without the girls, without the kids. 
and it's supposed to be this you know nice. And they try to get thing. out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they try to get out of it. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, just the. It's easy to be the, the selfless. Oh, oh, you know we don't need that when it's a shield from oh, we're mm-hmm. gonna be vulnerable with each other. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Like it's kind of like you know when you gotta have some conversations, even though if they don't, you don't consciously know that yeah. what you're gonna get into, but yeah, stuff has been simmering for a bit. And this is the thing that I find so kind of inexplicable about these movies. I just talked about how before sunset, I relate to them because of their age, mm-hmm. but this movie, I relate to them because I have an eight year old. <laughs> right. And, and the idea that, you know, the busyness of family and kids can really be a shield to protect mm-hmm. yourself from having these, co- these difficult conversations or just being vulnerable and having, you know, having to right. confront or something. even just connecting at all. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and like that, that's so, that's so real. That is such a, a reality of being in a long-term relationship and having kids together. And that's what it's like. Right. And, and even then, relationships with the most magical yeah. beginning ever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the most magical beginning ever. And then the most like miraculous, you know, coming right. together. Return. Yeah. And, you know, you see it a little bit in the car conversation on the way there. And then on their walk when Celine says, you know, if you saw me on the train, me as I am now, would you have even looked at me? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, but, it, but it's the, it's, it's too, it's the, the little insecurities that emerge over mm-hmm. time in a relationship. Right. And, and it just, it's just kind of amazing how insightful it is right to this i think the major major strength of these movies is that the three of them write them together yeah yes you're like oh okay that's why this feels so even yeah you know yeah because it'd be so easy for jesse's character to be the more sympathetic one or whoever you know but there's just an extreme balance every time i i think i'd heard in an in an interview something about Ethan Hawke talking about personally about about divorce mm-hmm. and 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 how his life is really marked by that i think his parents are divorced and he he was married to Uma Thurman and they got divorced oh. and and so you i mean you could see him bringing that into this oh movie oh my gosh right like the the undercurrent is you know his relationship with his ex-wife who hates him but it's not about the ex-wife it's about their son they live in different continents and how how much does that affect him as a dad and this the, is the heaviest the, of the movies easily yeah yes the guilt right that he mm-hmm. you can just see must be a, a real guilt that ethan hawk feels with his own relationship with his daughter and you know whatever but it, it like you said, they write these together. He's bringing that to the writing and to his performance really well. Yeah. And gosh, him especially, just the voice change over these yeah. three movies where he's all of a sudden talking. And it's not, you know, fake or trying to be intimidating. It's like this man has been hardened by the world yeah. a bit. Yeah. Hardened by his life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> 
Well, and, and you kind of even hear like, you know, career success, right? He wrote a third novel that was just kind of like, was not as well received as his first two. Right. But was probably the one that meant more to him creatively. It's the him really trying something and nobody got it. And I love that sequence where he's like describing what his new novel is going to be like. And it's just so high concept and weird, but I could listen to him talk about it for half an hour. <laughs> right. I never read it, but I can, I can no. listen to him talk about it. No. If anyone's <laughs> passionate about anything, I can listen to them talk about it. Yeah. And it's so good. I love that moment where uh, a fan wants her to sign the book. Because, <sighs> like, you're the, you're the French girl, and she's just so sick of this. Oh. She's so, like, disillusioned with the the uh dream the dreaminess of their journey she's okay. like two, two things about that sign scene. it two things He's like, about will scene. you just sign it <laughs> no 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 he says oh, she'd love to <laughs> um, oh yeah first of all she was over it 10 years earlier when the book was out oh yeah she says it messed her up she's like, and secondly this the, he when he looks at the cover she's like ah i just love the cover design of these greek translations <laughs> i mean i've literally said that about books of like right, right. you get the uk print in a used bookstore or something oh, oh this is better. so nice yeah uh <laughs> it's so and great she's like jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh, and anything that's like semi-positive energy towards his own work and she's just oh yeah oh yeah lit. but but again, it's so well done because you get these sequences, you know, the dinner scene and then that, that conversation between the him and the other novelist and the friend talking mm-hmm. about his work, you know, and then the young man comes who's never read his books, right? Like you get those conversations as a way to set up, like he is taken seriously by others. He's right. taken seriously by this, you know. By well, fans. By fans, but also by like this professor, mentor right. kind of figure. He takes his 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 work really seriously himself. Maybe those con- contemplative walks aren't just BS, you know? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he he lays the groundwork of like actually this is like a serious guy, serious about his 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 work, right? right? His, his trade, his his craft, and at the same time, the the car ride from the airport, we get Celine's work work, not stress, but like the passion she has about actually doing. And, and affecting change in the world right and that's not new that was in the previous movies and so you know all of that then comes to a head in their fight but you're able to to take it all seriously because they the movies set the groundwork really well for it okay so the la- i mean the last 40 minutes of the movie is basically perfect it's right i mean it's i mean it's like putting a hidden camera in a hotel room of a couple that's about to fight it's insane. <laughs> it's insane. The rhythms of the fight, they nail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're like, we are so close to getting out of this. Nope, we're not. Oh. <laughs> There's stuff that has been unearthed. And I had that. You you meant, you referenced it earlier. I had the experience watching this. Of, oh, this is... I, I don't want to diminish the work of... You know, again, a Noah, another Noah Baumbach movie, but I don't want to diminish the work of Mary's right. story. Totally. But I'm like... What were you thinking calling it Marriage Story? Right. That movie should be called Divorce Story. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's kind of the like the I, I know it's a, title, it's a but... it's a joke of the title, but but it's like it's like oh, this is this is actually that. This is actually reflective of right. 
what this is like. Yeah, it, it's funny, like, because Marriage Story, when you're watching it, feels so real. But in hindsight, after watching Before Midnight, you go, eh, it's a little dramatic, don't you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a little much. Yep. Yeah, that's how I felt. I'm like, man, this is so real. I mean, the, the conversation where Celine is mad at him for his contemplative walks, <laughs> and she's just trying to, and oh, she says, well, right, they, they're, they're, they're going to have sex. They stop, they fight, and then she says, look, I've got some emails I could be doing right now. All right. right? And she wants to be done fighting. They're not going to have sex. And she's ready to get to work. I'm like, like, being married got, with kids. Being married with kids, where, especially summer vacation. This is like our, 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 oh our biggest kind of tension in our house the right now. Long we, days are brutal. Oh my gosh. It's like you don't realize how much you depend on school not to educate your children but just to take them (laughs) (laughs) please take them and and it's like my like megan is trying to work a job and take care of our kids and she's she said to me today she's like well i did one and a half emails today and i got to go to an office for most of the day right and and i had a writing project that i was doing like did you get a write today (laughs) (laughs) To think your little thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that that's my life. It must be nice. Must yes. be nice. <laughs> Constant. I mean, the, the thing that I we say to each other more most often, is Megan says to me most often these days is, I'm just a little jealous that you get to go to the office and, like, read. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that you're going to be a human being. She's not mad at me about it, and Celine's not mad at Jesse, right? Right. She. It, They're playing a little bit of the, uh, like uh-huh. who's who's got it worse? Who's, yes. Who's, who has it harder here? Yes. You know? Yes. And both it people is... always think that uh, whoever speaking <clears throat> does. Yeah. It's it's just so good. I yeah. There are a few things I've ever related to more in a movie than than this. <laughs> Well, that's that was why I was asking earlier. How many, like, like do you know people that have seen these? Because I, I'm just amazed at the quality and yeah. the sustained quality, both in like how each one of the trilogy is just as good as the other, mm-hmm. and how well it holds up after multiple viewings and mm-hmm. however many years. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. pretty amazing. And all how these movies distinct and unique they are from each other. Yeah, and and they do. I think they get better with age. Because even from when I first watched them two years ago, I'm like, yeah, th- these are I-, I bumped my star rating on all of them. Oh yeah, yes, and, yeah. and and that's probably how that's I mean that's just how they have to work. I'm sure that's how a lot of Linklater's films work. Yeah, where it's like, yeah, why don't you live just a little bit more life and see how this one feels, you know? Oh, I because I've only seen Boyhood the once when it came out. Oh my out gosh, in, I know I need tw- to rewatch it in 2014. I'd been married for two years, right? Like, yeah. Well, I we mean, didn't have any kids. <laughs> even for this one, I'm like, you know, we had Abel. He was like maybe six months to a year when yeah. we watched him the first time, which is just kind of a chill vibe. Yeah. But like, throw in now he's almost three, and then another newborn. And you're like, okay, now I feel that jealousy for just a sliver of time. The te- the little the sliveriest sliver of time. Oh yeah. I, t- I told Sarah I was like, can we 
aim to eat dinner like an hour and a half earlier than we normally do. She's like, an hour and a half? I'm like, by the time dinner's over and then we do bedtime. And then I come downstairs and she's just like newborn just yeah. on her. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just cleaning the space, dishes, you know, whatever. Like by the time all that's done, I have an hour at the end of the night. Sometimes. And sometimes that goes to freelance work. Yeah. Like yeah. I would love an hour and a half. <laughs> it's real. It's it's real. Yeah. He, he and does such a good job. He does real so well. Yeah. Real and not but, and the stakes are or inflammatory, like, you know. Yeah, like the stakes never feel extreme. Yes. Like like as explosive as this fight gets. Oh, I love the way like Selena leave the room, like the hotel room, cut, and then just like, come right back in. Like, where are you going? Where are you gonna go? <laughs> I know. And then you know, the furthest she ends up is like the restaurant at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know about you. I watch this movie. And I never feel like she. I mean, she says maybe I just don't love you anymore. But I, I I'm never worried for a second that right. they're gonna like break up. Right. Yeah. That's. It's... I don't even think that's what's at stake. No. It never, yeah, it never quite feels like this is really in trouble, even though she says it multiple times, like, this is really it. Like, I think you guys have had a couple conversations that were, all right, this is it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just great. Well, I, one of my favorite moments is she leaves, and he just, like, face plants onto the couch, just laying there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she comes back in, sees him, and, like, I don't know, tries to collect something else to go. <laughs> and he's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's over there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just so you can't begin to unravel this this knot that you oh, guys yeah. have tied together yeah so how do we wrap up the the before trilogy here um do you do you feel like we need to do segments i don't even know what segments no. we would do yeah i i just i, I just want to take all our segments bundle them up into a giant recommendation please go check these out let me put it this way i watched before sunset again this week and i thought to myself is this just my favorite movie <laughs> <laughs> damn like that's high praise like it's just perfect i don't know like <laughs> it's so good and and i like there are parts of all of these movies that drag a little bit of course that's fine it's it's life <laughs> it's just it's life to, yeah the high heights to me Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I mean, this is this is so, and this is th- maybe this is li- like how I'd like to close the conversation. What they've accomplished with these three movies is so unique to this medium. This doesn't. It, this works right. Like you could you could write novels over the course of thirty years about he did two characters <laughs> right. Like I basically did, but but the weight of having these actors play them growing with them and and bringing their collective life experience right because it's not right. just the life experience of a novelist ethan hawk couldn't have brought that divorce experience to the 23 year old no you know, yeah no he had to listen to life too yeah and and to not have him in the collaboration at a certain point you know you don't get it in the same way and so it's just this kind of perfect, perfect example of what filmmaking can do right. that no other medium can. Yeah, and it is so uniquely special, this yeah, trilogy. Absolutely. And, and it's so gentle 
and I I just yeah I don't I don't know why it is not more highly regarded. Um, right, that's the thing I keep trying to go back to, the like just asking you know your experience at the movie because I'm just I don't, I don't get why people don't watch these or don't know what they are or you know whatever I mean hey and I didn't either but just for the quality is surprising I think maybe the movie posters don't help oh uh, yeah the f- especially before sunrise is a terrible poster before midnight looks pretty like uh, I don't know oh, it, Jack yeah, Nicholson should real, be in it with yeah, uh, yes yes <laughs> it looks pretty cheap yeah but um, yeah all I can say is screw our segments go to watch these somehow they're on criterion for another couple of days days by the time you're listening to this but honestly they're just worth buying yeah i yeah, don't know one does that but i know i know yeah I, I when you when you hear critics talk about these movies when you talk to people who, who have seen them it's all the same it's yeah. oh, oh these are amazing um yeah. and I, that's how I feel. I just, yeah. I look forward to continually revisiting the, these as I yeah. get older. As you know, it's it's just they're so strange in that way too. These little yeah. characters that are in these time bubbles with you, and like anything they're talking about is going to hit you different as you age. Yeah. No, this is it. It's unique because it's almost designed that way. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say. Of course, art hits you differently at different stages in your life, but this is this done, especially when they started to return to the material. It's mm-hmm. done with an intention that is just extraordinary. And mainly by the end, you want to go on vacation to Greece. Boy, <laughs> I, I tell you. Uh, I'm like, look, they're just cutting tomatoes. That looks amazing. <laughs> I'd love to just walk around Paris for an afternoon, too. Yeah, maybe that's part of the, the strength of the movies is it's never in America. <laughs> Can you imagine if they were if before lunch Celine. the fourth one the fourth one in the trilogy before lunch is them wandering around Chicago <laughs> before lunch at the coffee shop. <laughs> uh, well, if we're doing no segments, you know how do we close this out with an apology for our inconsistent posting times? Look, look, look! It's the summer. <laughs> we got it's get, it's summer. Right? We'll have babies. We don't get paid to do this, <laughs> so. That is true. That's very true. Uh, but I will somehow say this. I We had a listener recommend that we do this. And we had been thinking about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but we love that. We want more of that. Yeah. Send Rex. Send your ideas. What do you guys want us to talk about? What do you want us to talk about? What do you want to contribute to the movie conversation? Although I think I might know our next movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, nope. I think it has to be nope. Yeah, it's got to be nope. Yeah, we're talking yeah. nope. Next, next. Oh, gosh. This this one's going to come out right when nope is hitting the theaters. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to try and see nope this weekend before I go on these two trips. So we'll have time. The nope I'm, discourse is going to go on for a while. We'll, we'll, we'll get to nope. We might record nope even before this one comes out, but who knows. Yeah. All right. Till then. Follow us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. Uh, hey, give us a review. Give us a rating. Get the pod heard by more people. Send it to your friends. Send it to your family. And maybe one day, who knows? Maybe we will make a little scratch from this thing and can do more consistent episodes. Who's yeah. To say? Yeah. That's all I got to say. Follow us on Instagram. Before Trilogy. 
best trilogy of all time. Movies while they sleep. Good night, y'all. Bye. Thank you.